Well, hello there. Emily Abadi here, checking in with episode 87 of Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs to top CEOs and athletes about how they've gotten through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning in to wellness. Today, I am chatting with the ever lovely Katie Storino. She is a body positivity advocate. She's also the founder of both Mega Babe and a blog called The 12 ish Style. I feel like that's just grazing the surface. Before we get into chatting all about Katie and getting into her story, a quick shout out to the first of two sponsors today, Athletic Greens. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel like holiday shopping for me this year was a little bit easier easier than usual. And that's because I've finally established this wellness toolkit of sorts, and I want to gift my essentials to my friends and family. Now, of course, Athletic Greens is one of those essentials. Not only does it have 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, but the greens butter also acts as my one-stop shop for any supplementation that I'm doing. Instead of taking a bunch of different pills in the morning, now I only shake up a bottle of this, and that's because it's got prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, adaptogens, superfoods. It's got everything I need just to feel like my best self. They are offering Hurdle listeners a really stellar deal. It's 20 travel packs, a $79 value, absolutely free with your first purchase. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. Now sending a little love to another sponsor of mine, Whoop. Now I sat down with Whoop's founder, Will Ahmed, the other day, and he said to me something that I thought was really poignant, that Whoop is one of the only wearables that will actually tell you when you should take time off. We're so used to getting rewarded for really pushing the envelope with a lot of the things that we are getting data from. And I love that about Whoop, that it helps me better take care of my body when it comes to how I recover, when I take on strain, and of course, an emphasis on sleep and sleep quality. Now, Whoop is unique in that it provides a daily recovery score every single morning when the user wakes up to let them know how ready their body is to take on strain for the day. So that feature has really helped me fine tune my workout strategy and better listen to my body. They are offering Hurdle listeners a really great deal. It's a free Whoopstrap 3.0 as well as 15% off any membership by using the code Hurdle at checkout. Just head on over to Whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com and use the code Hurdle at checkout for a free Whoopstrap 3.0 and 15% off any membership to optimize the way you train. Alrighty, Katie Storino. Now, if you follow Katie on Instagram, it's just her name, at Katie, S-T-U-R-I-N-O, then you probably already have a good understanding that this woman is not just hilarious, but a total boss. Sitting down with her for the first time felt like I was sitting down with an old friend, and I really appreciated how upfront and honest the mega babe founder got with me. We talked about her hurdle moment, a divorce a few years back, which triggered some weight gain for her. Instead of 
feeling ashamed or frustrated. She felt more like herself. She felt more empowered. She says to me in today's episode that for so long, she was so worried about a size that she should be or a number on a scale that she wasn't really feeling at home in her body. And when she celebrated herself, she celebrated her size. She truly felt like she had the opportunity to be the best version of herself. So we talk all about that journey and the emotions that come with it. We talk about how Mega Babe came to be. We chat about the Make My Size movement that she started on Instagram and her blog, where she essentially challenges big name designers to do just that make her size. We also talk about her adorable dogs and we even hit a little bit on the dating life front, something that I don't necessarily love to talk about all the time. A huge thanks to my friends at Moss for the recording space. And as always, you guys know the drill at Emily Body at Hurdle Podcast. If you have a hurdle moment of your own to share, you just want to say hi, feel free to reach out to me over email. It's emily at hurdle.us. It's hard to believe that this thing is almost two years and a hundred episodes in, but that December 27th birthday is coming up. And in order for me to keep building and working on this podcast, I just would appreciate when you're done listening today, make sure to share this episode with a friend. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Katie Storino. She is a body positive activist. That sounds so jazzy. And also the founder of Mega Babe. Hi. Hello. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you. I feel like you walked into the studio and you're just a ray of light in super cozy sweatpants. That's because I think you look like Meghan Markle. And I don't (laughs) think any, I don't think anything could go wrong after someone says that. Someone told me once that I looked like an actress that used to be in Smallville, but I don't recall her name. I don't know. No. Okay. So we're just going to roll with Meghan. Meghan Markle. Now. Yeah, go with Meghan Markle, who also like could have been on Smallville. Perfect. But she wasn't. But I mean, you know what I mean? She's yeah. like kind of a medium actress. And then she <laughs> just is the queen of everything now. The queen of everything. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about what it means to be a body positive activist. Because just now when we sat down, I said, what do you describe yourself as? And this is what we came up with. Basically, I have an Instagram account where I promote body neutrality and helping women through their through like their body journey. And also we look at clothes and we look at like dog adoption and things in my everyday life. But that's how it started out. It really is about helping women find their way like to accept themselves. So let's rewind it back a little bit. Tell me about growing up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Wisconsin, in um, Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin, which is right outside of Milwaukee. Right outside of Milwaukee. Okay. And growing up, did you have your fair share of body image issues? Because I'll let you in on a little, like, well-known secret. I definitely, definitely did. I did. You know, I did. um, I was 5'11 and... Just like bigger than everyone else. You are pretty tall. Right? Yeah. 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 Just like I'm just bigger. And I think I from a young age, uh, like I wanted to be the tiny little girl who was so delicate and dainty. And I was just always like a full grown adult from the minute I was born. (laughs) So I, I don't know. It's been such a journey between like those feelings of wanting to be smaller and then where I am now it's it's such a difference because I think that my entire life was dominated by this mental conversation about um weight and wanting to 
you know, why did you eat that? You shouldn't have gone to, you should have gone to the gym. You shouldn't have done this. Like there's just this, especially women, I feel have this like constant negative ticker in their head. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I feel like I've gone, I've transcended that a little bit, um, which has, which has made all the difference in like clearing up space just to live. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I can only imagine now like feeling more at peace and taking up this space, but especially growing up for me in high school, the amount of issues I had about just like being myself, but feeling really uncomfortable in my own Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. Um, I have talked about this on the podcast before, but I lost 70 pounds in college. Mm -hmm. And so I've run the gamut in terms of like where I could shop, where I couldn't shop, uh, feeling okay in my body, not feeling okay with my body, being a smaller human, but still like not feeling okay yeah yeah and understanding that just because I went through this major transformation if I'm critical of myself it doesn't mean that I'm not appreciative of it it just means that I'm human right well also I think it's interesting because you you lost 70 pounds I gained 70 pounds and I I find it to be like a really interesting journey because you find out it's not about the number on the scale right right yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So talk to me about what you were going through. What kind of triggered this weight for you? Um, I got a divorce in, well, I've always been gaining weight. I think my entire life, uh, I was 10 years old at the doctor and they told me I was too big. Um, been there. And right. And, and you're talking to a little kid like that. And then, then that's when like diet culture starts when you're little. Um, and then it just continues on. Right. Like, I think it's so it's so interesting because I'll sit down for I'll go home or I'll like talk to family or I'll like be in a group of women and the topic of weight loss comes up so quickly. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Why are we talking about this? Like, do we have anything better that we can like talk about here? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got a divorce and that triggered probably the the biggest weight gain I had had, which, yeah, it was like 70 pounds. Were you leaning into food as a comfort or did you feel like, for me, like I have always looked at food as a comfort thing. And that's, I think, still where I have some of these issues. I was actually having a conversation with someone uh, last night and I said, it's so interesting because I thought of food as comfort, but then after it, I would still feel so uncomfortable that it's like, why did I even view it that way? Mm. I honestly, the weight gain, I have to tell you, I have no way. I mean, obviously it's, it's math and science. Like you, <laughs> you obviously took in more calories than you put out, but yeah. I think I, I probably, I definitely, no, I didn't probably, I definitely leaned into food, but not in a way, I guess I never talk about how did I gain this weight? I think I stopped exercising. I was not, I'm not going to say underweight, but like I definitely was like pushing the thinnest part for my frame. Yeah. Um, when I started gaining weight. So like I definitely probably let myself be more of my natural frame weight. Did and you then, feel like at the time when you were like pushing this thinner frame, did you feel pressure to the push whole that? Time? Frame? Yeah, my whole life. Yeah. Yes. Like I was. I was like at a 12, a size 12, and that was hard to maintain. Yeah. Hard to maintain, always. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just didn't ever feel like that was like my natural shape. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What were you into activity-wise at that time? Like, what did you like to do? Oh, I mean, I was a rower in college, so I I rode crew at Wisconsin, and I played volleyball in high school, and I... 
have always been into physical fitness activities. I ran a marathon in 2006. Like I, I, I am always into exercise, but I think in the past, like I think I've had a hard time getting back into a consistent routine with exercise. Right, right. That has definitely been something that I have not been able to do for probably now that I've been talking about it, probably like 10 years. Okay. Consistent. So, so, so that comes down to eating. So you're, it's like really going down to like, are you like skipping a meal and stuff like that? And those are the kind of tricks I was doing with myself. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So when you get divorced and you're starting to gain weight, you're actually in this process. People talk about gaining weight and they're like, oh, but like you are coming into your own almost. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so talk to me about how that feels. The weight really wasn't a burden to me and I didn't even look at it like that because I think I was gaining so much freedom. It's almost like my body became secondary. I was just like feeling myself. Like I, I love had, that. I, I had felt bad for so long and, and I was my quote unquote ideal body body, weight, and size. Um, but I just, I felt awful. And then I started to like gain this weight because I was, I was becoming more comfortable with myself. Yeah. I love you. You told glamour. I became a size 16, which I still am. And a surprising thing happened. I really loved my body during my marriage. I spent so much time worrying about everything, but then the relationship ended and it didn't matter. My fear of having something to lose was gone. And I kind of said, F it. I was going to wear jeans, shorts if I wanted to and embrace my body. That's exactly it. Yeah. Good thing I said it better than I can right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it always is like that in the moment. Yeah. Like I really, I feel like I, I, I truly was so uncomfortable and I was always doubting myself and mm-hmm. covering up and it was the same thing. I was basically back in third grade. I was inundated with like tiny girls who I felt insecure around and like now that doesn't bother me anymore. Um, but at the time it used to just shred me, right you know? So you're like giving back to yourself by being okay with, with gaining weight. But what else are you doing during this time to kind of give back to you? Because emotionally, I'm sure like it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I'm definitely in therapy like twice a week. I did a lot of like, who are you? And like, what do you want here? Because mm. I think I had spent so long setting up this house of cards, if that's the right term, um, where I just... I, I was every day like being so careful and eggshelly to make sure that like my life didn't fall apart. And then when it fell apart, I was like, OK, well, I guess that doesn't work. Let's find out like what's really there. Like, what do you really want? What do you really want to do here? Um, and like what's holding you back? Because the things that you were being held back by are gone. Right. And like you can crumble and you can shut it down. And I, my my friend looked at me like uh, six months out and she was like, she was like, I'm really proud of you. Like you could have just packed it up, head back to Milwaukee and just like started over. And you were like, no, I, I'll start over in a different way. So give me a timeline. When is this happening? It's happened about three and a half years ago. Okay. Three and yeah. a half years ago. Actually, it'll be, I think it's three years in January. Okay. So it feels like 10 years ago. Like another lifetime. Yes. Yeah. Well, it'll, I feel like essentially after something I'm like remarried. this happens, I was going to say, well, like yeah. after a big traumatic event happens, it's like you have the opportunity almost to be reborn. Yes. And you get to choose whether you're going to live in the past yes. or accept what has happened, take yes. that and move forward yes. and do what you can with what you have. Mm-hmm. Getting to that point, though, is really damn hard. Yeah. 
where you're like, all right, like I'm going to accept my circumstances and do the best I can with what I have. Yeah, that's exactly it is you can make a choice and you can just like lay down. And that was another thing. Like when I found out I was getting divorced, I I didn't fight it. I just was like, okay, like this is happening. Let's do it. Because I I and I think I witnessed from a lot of people and everyone has their own journey, but. When a relationship ends, I think people can spend a year or five fighting it mm-hmm. and just being like, what happened? Like this, what happened? And I think I just I just started to move on right away. And that was a choice that I consciously made. I was like, we are this is done. Right. Yeah. We out. What are you doing in your career at this point? I'm just starting to focus more on the 12-ish style, which was my blog. I had not started Mega Babe and I... I was still doing dog stuff um, because my dog Toast, her Instagram was Toast Meets World. And I would say I I did like half my time doing dog stuff and half my time doing (laughs) the blog. Okay, so let's dive into both of these things a little bit. First, I mean, I have to dive into Toast first. For the people who don't know, Toast. Talk to me about Toast. she was very famous. She got married on Real Housewives of New York. She wrote a book called Toast Hampton. And she passed away about, it'll be two years ago this month. The The dog like legacy that she left is pretty major. We, we still post on the account. I still have three dogs, Muppet, Cheese, and Crumb. They're all rescues. We talk about puppy mill rescue all the time and why you shouldn't buy a dog from a pet store. You can go to the account and find out about it if you have any questions. But yeah, like the the dog thing was really special and brought out my inner Kris Jenner. I'm, I'm a very much like a very intense dogager. Dogager. Yes. Dogager. I just had to take, we were doing a project for Petco and I just was taking some photos outside and someone was like standing next to me taking photos of the dog. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me, can you move? Can you please move? Also, Toast was well known for Toast's tongue. Yeah, her tongue. She had no teeth. Was that a yeah. credential in finding your new dogs? No. she. Uh, <laughs> it's just male dogs, puppy male dogs often have like bad teeth. So they're rotted out and so their tongue sticks out. Oh. But yeah, we just celebrated Cheese's birthday yesterday. These names though. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like what's the... I don't know. Underpants. <laughs> she was our Japanese chin. She passed away. Every, and it's it's hard sometimes when you rescue senior dogs or older dogs are not with you as long but like it doesn't mean the life that they're that they have with you is not special and amazing of so course. we've had to say goodbye to three of them in the past couple of years oh all right well then bring me now to the 12-ish style I started the I, again I started this Instagram because I was on a shoot with toast at NARS <laughs> with man repeller <laughs> I know a, no, toast had a really brand. very cool life so she was doing a NARS shoot and the man repeller girls were like hey, you have good style. Like, we should feature you how to dress, like, Kirby body style. And I was like, moi? Like, no one ever talks about me. So um, I I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. We And we did this shoot. And then I read the comments afterwards. And I was like, wow. Like, people are really celebrating seeing a body that they can identify with on the internet. And I took a look around and I didn't see anyone who was like representing fashion in a way I would. And I decided to start. So I really started out targeting women who kind of were in this size purgatory where they didn't really identify with plus. They didn't identify with straight and things have changed so much 
from when I started to now, just like even the way I talk to women, I'm not talking to a specific, a specific size anymore. I'm just trying to talk about size inclusion. Um, I'm talking to women who feel like they've been left out of the fashion game. And I'm talking to women of all sizes about body acceptance. Was it hard at first to see yourself on the other side of the camera? So awkward. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's like you're like, first of all, who wants to see this? Like, who cares? I really had, that was my biggest, oh, I said it, this was my biggest hurdle, was that I I had to get over the fact that, like, I was putting myself out there yeah. for people to judge. And you were just doing it because you wanted to, yes. not necessarily because of any feedback that no. you would get. Although, I can totally relate to your sentiment about seeing the comments and seeing that it has the, you have the opportunity to yes. impact people in a positive way. Yes, and that was a really that was a big deal because I was like, yeah, I also would like to see some people who are like a size 12 and above featured places. Right. Yeah. So um, and I was like, so why not me? But it really was it took me about a year to get comfortable, even like just taking like selfies and like everything. Like I was like, this is so douchey. Yeah. Like I just had I had to get over it. Yeah. I yeah. remember like in college when I look at photos of myself when I wasn't personally happy regardless of my size I looked at photos and they were just like selfies of my face because I was frightened to show the world like my body yes Um, I talk to women a lot actually about that on their dating profiles really or on their not just their dating profiles but their social media profiles you can tell someone is uncomfortable with their body because they're never showing it they're showing the tightest face shot you can imagine Mm. and then like pet photos home photos food photos but like they're like, I'm still struggling with my body confidence. And I'm like, girl, I can see it right there. You won't show me your body. You're mm-hmm. hiding it. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, fast forward to today, the amount of people that you interact with on so many levels about all of the these issues and these insecurities, it must be. It's a lot. And, and I do, I answer, I try to answer all my DMs. And that's where I get a lot of my most meaningful and impactful messages. I'm sure this is true for you too. Yeah. And you just, you realize that you have the ability to like make a difference in someone's day year like whatever it is feeling about themselves like inspiration can come from anywhere and to think that we can't be helpful on someone's like life journey is something that I had to get over because we we have the ability to do that so when does the 12-ish style grow from just kind of like you taking a few photos to really gaining a following I think that that was it really it again it took about a year and after I think I got comfortable with myself I started talking Cause there was, it's a difference from like, Hey, you can like, here's some clothing hacks and how to get dressed. And here's like, here I am in like jean shorts. There's a difference between that and, and really understanding that like, there is no destination with size and that like opening the conversation up to women and being like, girl, this is not like, this is never going to end. Right? right. Like you, you, you keep going and going and you'll be a zero and you, you're still looking in the mirror and being like, I hate myself. Yeah, and that's not the goal here. No. So more and more people are following, and it's growing. It's growing. I'm having a really good time. And then um, I'm like, fuck, I I can't find a thigh chafe stick that I like. There's nothing on the market that is for women. There's nothing. And and every time I talked about thigh chafe on my stories or on my feed, it was one of the most engaged things. So I was like, I definitely, there's definitely people out there that have it. I'm just un 
clear why I'm looking at D's nuts for her. And there's nothing out there like that's just a product for ladies. Who How have, have I never heard of that product? D's nuts for her. Because why would you? Why would anyone? Why would you make that product? So I was I was talking to my sister and I was like, you know what? Um, I don't know how to do this. I've never made anything in my life, but I want to look into making my own thigh chafe stick. Uh, and she was like, I'm in. And then I and then uh, I talked to my best friend out in San Francisco and I was like, we're going to do this. Like, do you want to do this with us? And she was like, yeah, I do. So uh, while we were solving thigh chafe, we figured maybe we should develop a second product um, to help tackle like another issue. So I took on boob sweat, which is the name of my podcast. And <laughs> I, it, we, so we made a bust dust, um, which is a talc free, hands free powder for um, boob sweat. And they sold out. We launched it. We had no idea what was going on. We didn't know how to buy the quantities. We, we were just like directing consumer, put it up on the website, put it up on my Instagram. And we sold thousands and thousands and thousands of units. Um, in a month. Did you, was the testing for that like insane? Testing? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean like how many varieties of boob sweat powder oh, did we go lot. through? A lot. We went through a lot. Before because, we were like this is yes. it. Yeah. We're fussy ducks. So <laughs> yeah. it's like scent is really important. Can't be too strong. Can't be gross. Can't give you a headache. Like right. it's and the the performance with our thigh rescue is the best. It's the best. I'll put our thigh rescue fine. You don't want to use our deodorant. You don't want to use boob sweat. I mean, bust dust, fine. But if you have thigh chafe, it is it is the best thigh chafe stick on the market. I actually wrote about Rosie Pitts for Cosmo like a year or two yes, ago. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like I remember, and spoiler, Rosie Pitts is the deodorant that's in the Mega Babe line. And I remember that I was sitting at a bar once and I was like, wow, it smells so nice in here. And then I realized that it was literally me. Your own yeah, armpits. Yeah. yeah it's yes. fine. It just literally smells like roses. Yeah, today, literally, I was like, did I put deodorant on? But I don't think I did because I don't smell the rosy pits. I just smell my <laughs> armpit for the people at home. Yeah. <laughs> hope, you, hope you enjoy are that. Are you still using rosy pits? I definitely have it in the rotation. What else are you using? Uh, probably like a secret. Oh, you go back to aluminum. I do. Okay. I'm not like a strict all natural okay. fiend. But okay. I go back and forth. I think it's like literally like which one is in closer reach okay. at the time. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. You're doing some market research. I am, of course. I'm really happy to hear, though, that it's still in the rotation. But, I mean, that's kind of crazy to think that you made this product to solve a personal issue and then all of a sudden it's literally selling out everywhere. It, yeah, that was really crazy. And it was like unexpected and expected all at the same time. Like I was like, yeah, duh, everyone's got thigh chafe. But also I was like, what? People have thigh chafe? And then it came, it went into like, why doesn't anyone talk about thigh chafe? And then talking to the media about it and how it, it still is very much something that people whisper about it. Like I'll be walking down the sidewalk and someone will like stop me on the bed. Like, Thank you so much. I have thigh chafe. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's OK. So. I think it's it's that messaging around your thighs rub. That's a pretty normal average issue that we deal with that we don't address in the beauty industry. And in fact, what we're pushed towards in the fashion and beauty space is a thigh gap. And um, if you don't have a thigh gap, then you something's wrong with you. And therefore, a thigh chafe means like something's really wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's no, just it's part not. of life. 
Yes. Just part of life. It's so interesting to me. I mean, the tenacity that you have to have to admit and be very well, like be very well versed that I know absolutely nothing about how to do this thing no. that I want to do. Yes. But I'm just going to go do it. Yes. I don't. I We had never made a product. And that means that you know, my parents fulfilled the orders for two years. So we're only we, we're just turning three. Um, we're not three yet, but we, but this summer we moved to a fulfillment center. But we took everyone out of retirement and we put them to work. And they were shipping all the orders. Big Alta trucks were backing up into my parents' driveway. And, like, they were, like, meeting with the delivery guys. Like, it was very, very home. It, it is still homegrown. Like, it's just – it still is just the four of us. Um, and it's a lot of work. Wow. It's Yeah, because we're in every Target now, every Alta – and how do you manage that? Well, now you have a fulfillment center. But we have I was a like, fulfillment how did you center even... for ship for shipments? But um, but we were we were shipping Target and Alta out of the garage oh up until God. yeah up until June. Bless them. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, talk about a supportive foundation, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, your parents. I know they. Yeah, they really they took it on. I think that they were excited to be involved in um, something that seemed to be big and growing and that was like working right yeah right all right so something we haven't really talked much about yet is yes you are like supportive of women at all sizes whatever that might be but you're also doing something on your social media that a lot of people are really drawn to which is the make my size movement yes so let's talk about the make my size movement yeah make my size is basically it was just born out of frustration for me shopping because as as you have heard in this podcast I gained weight and that means that I couldn't shop at certain stores anymore or with certain designers anymore and if I thought it was hard to find clothes at a 12, 14, at a 16, 18, 20, girl, you cannot find anything. So I I was pissed. I'm like, I I, I had an order from Netta Porte, which I never know how to say. I feel like at, that's right. Okay. At, what well, do you think? Like, what's the other Netta option? Porter. Porter. That's like such Net. an Americanized version okay. of it. It's Netta Porte. I support it. Yeah. Thank you. So I had an, <laughs> I had an order from them, and it was like the third. It was a third delivery that I had gotten from them where nothing was going to fit again, and I had ordered all like the double X's and like the size fifties and the biggest sizes that they were making, and it's so funny because brands will look at my Instagram and they'll be like, "We can dress you. Let's send you stuff." And I'm like, "I'll go to their website and they stop at a 14. And I'm like, you don't, I can't fit into your clothes. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that kind of thing. So what I did is I took a photo and I posted. So the brand, I think the first thing, I, the first one I called out was DBF. Um, I said, this is, this is like a beautiful skirt. I'd love to wear it. And this is how far away it is from fitting me. And I think I do make my size because I want to alert brands that A, they're missing out on an audience. B, the big sizes that everyone who's sitting in the boardroom who's like making decisions, those sizes that they think are like we're servicing the community, they're not. And I, I want to do it in a positive way so that people aren't turned off and they're not, I'm not like, this sucks, like boycott them. No, I don't want you to boycott them. I just want this brand to know that like people want to shop them. Right. What happens after that first post? Because I almost feel as though kind of putting that up would be a little bit scary, to be honest. You don't want to burn any bridges. You don't want anyone to be angry. And again, you're talking that you want to just, you know, put some awareness into the world. Yeah, that is exactly it. As a quote unquote fashion blogger, you do not call out brands unless you want to be known as like a like the call out queen or like an angry blogger. Um, 
so basically it was it was very scary and I was like our brand's gonna not want to work with me like this is this is I don't know it was just like career suicide but then uh the response from the audience again like it was the intention behind it the intention wasn't to shame the brand and to like disgrace them the intention the intention is to bring awareness and the people felt that they felt seen for every woman who's like gone into club monaco and like not been able to put anything on like that's the, that's who I'm doing this for that's, right so what happens on the brand side well dvf is a great example um, they launched a capsule collection of wrap dresses with 11 honore uh, this fall. So, I mean, we're talking we're talking a year later. Right. That's amazing. Right. Like for that kind of turnaround. You've got brands like Veronica Beard who like they listen, they heard and they are killing it. Tanya Taylor. I never did a make my size on her. She just like felt passionate about making ex- extended sizes like she's making beautiful clothes that women of all sizes can wear and it's getting noticed. Also, the thing that can be a bit of a struggle is then like sometimes the price increasing for bigger sizes of clothing. Yeah, I've never understood that. I didn't even know it was a real thing. And then actually my friend Ryan who does, um, he has a blog called Extra Extra Style. He just posted (laughs) a, a Ralph Lauren sweater that was like 50 bucks more in the bigger sizes. I just, I didn't think that was a real thing. Yeah. I, I'm sorry if that sounds dumb, but like, I, I really, think it's dumb. I really didn't think that that was something brands were doing. Like, yeah. really? You're going to yeah. charge for the extra fabric? Then why wouldn't you charge less for a double zero? <laughs> a double zero. Size. Right? Yeah, totally. It sounds like the brands are getting on board with what you're doing. And I'm sure you're still probably getting some of those emails from brands that want to dress you, but the clothing doesn't fit. Yeah. How do you uh, oh, like, work I, with that in your head? I try to be really polite and I'm just like, and I just let them know. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm like, the, like, Collection looks great. Unfortunately, like I wear a size eighteen twenty, and you stop at a sixteen, right? Or like shoes, I have a size twelve foot. All the time, people are like, "Our shoes are so generously like they're they're big." Like we go up to a for a forty two, which is nothing. A forty two is a ten. I mean, yeah. everyone knows this. So <laughs> I, but that. all the time, I'm having to be like, "No, yeah, no, that's not it." But I think politely letting them know is much more impactful than like. A deep shame. I can only imagine how freeing this feels for you to just be so completely yourself now. I am very free, maybe too free. As you mentioned, I'm wearing fancy sweatpants right now. <laughs> like I just I get to be I get to be me all the time. And that is really I don't know how to describe that. I wish that for everyone. Right? Yeah. Like, I just want, I, I feel so good that I'm able to do that. And did you see that the way that you felt about yourself kind of opened you up to yes. more possibilities? Yes, absolutely. Because that's all, that's, I mean, that's Gabby Bernstein, super attractor kind of stuff, right? Like, you're just, you're constantly feeling this positive energy about yourself. You're attracting positive things, which attracts more positive things. It's just, it's, it, it, it's just it's available to everyone, but we often get in our own way. Now, if I'm a, if I'm another person, if I'm a different person, I'm walking in here and I'm like, oh, no, I had to shoot this like fancy sweatsuit this morning and I didn't change. And now I look dumpy and now I look this and like there there's this conversation that you 
could have. But what is the point right. of that? Right. The cute as hell. Yeah. It's like kind of like when someone compliments your Target sweater and you feel like you need to be like, oh my God, thanks. It's from it's Target. A, yeah. <laughs> but someone once said to me, and I remember it was about an item from Target. And I said, oh my God, thanks. It's from Target because you kind of like want to let them know yeah, your secret. Yes. But she was like, next time, just say, just try saying thank you. And then they're going to oh. be like, wow, what a jet. Like, look at this jazzy yeah, little yeah, diva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to diss Target yeah. sweaters. I mean, there's great yeah, things no, for Target. No, no, no. But I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. It's kind of like the same vibe. And I mean, obviously, in your personal life, this opened you up to a whole new world with yes. your now husband. Yes. Um, I think dating was really scary after I got a divorce because I had not, like, I had been with my ex-husband for 10 years. So mm. I hadn't ever done, like, dating apps. And I was really scared. And then I was like, wait. This is awesome. I can date from my couch because like I don't go to the bars like I don't go to the club. So I like didn't know how or where I was going to meet people. Yeah. Um, and then I just I found date. I found dating apps to be very fun, frustrating at times, scary at times, but also like just so much easier to swipe while you're watching TV. What's our go to dating app? It was it was Bumble. OK, this is just what it's like to date in New York. This is it. I have to give you a big secret here. It's date. It's Manhattan dating. Oh, it's probably Brooklyn. Dating Are you telling too. me I should go to Brooklyn? I think you should go. I'm. I, this is not. Twenty-two year old me would be like, ugh, shut up. But I'm being serious. I think it's all about like a. It's about smaller cities. It's about outer borough. It's about like. It's you got to get out of Manhattan. But that's why I've leaned off of the apps because I would rather like put my phone in my pocket, take my AirPods out and like be really freaking present when I'm walking around and like try to make IRL. You can make make IRL connections. connections. I love an IRL connection. I'm really working on an IRL connection. Have you met anyone IRL? Uh, We're going to have to talk about this off the pod. Okay. to talk about this I just want you to know that like when I was single I was uh, it was like I was open because it's all about the vibe you're putting off right (laughs) like you can meet people anywhere oh it's true yeah it doesn't mean they're good or cool or they're gonna stick around but you can meet (laughs) people anywhere oh you totally can I mean I will not I cannot count how many times people have tried just to like come into the dms but like maybe one out of a hundred men that have ever done this like was someone that I would actually want to entertain. People meet in the DM. Oh yeah. It's the new dating app. It's true. It's true. Okay. <laughs> so what in your life right now really excites you? I would say what excites me in my life right now, Mega Babe every day. Um, How many products do we have going on we have, in Mega Babe? We have 11 products right now. And there's men's product too. Yeah, we launched two men's. We launched like a dry guy, which is a ball powder. We did a friction fighter for um, for men, for Chafe. What was the original men's product that you were like, F this? What do you mean? When you were like, I don't oh, want to use this. Oh, nuts for her. Oh, well, take that. <laughs> D's nuts for her. No, like, um, I, and, and I would say Mega Babe... I love my husband a lot, even though that's not like a professional pursuit. Yeah, but I that's just, exciting. Yeah, I really, I love him. And mm, mm, I don't know, talking to ladies in the DMs. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. Everything's exciting. Do you feel like there's been any single interaction over the last like year or two that has literally just blown you out of the water? Mm, I would say I've been, I've, I have a follower who is in her 50s and she lives in Australia and she's making like a total life change move. 
she's moving to to the states uh and she credited me with like the past basically four years of like everything transformation body acceptance life acceptance like she's starting her life over and it was amazing to hear that I had any impact on that blows it gets yeah. mind blowing yeah. I had I mean I as I mentioned really struggled with my size and body acceptance when I was in high school and young in college and when I have girls that are in high school that reach out to me and tell me that like I'm helping them understand like what they are capable of it literally like nothing means more to me in the world can I ask you can I ask you a question yeah do it so how how do you deal with like weight conversations so if a if a if a seventeen year old reaches out to you and is like I'm, like I feel fat, I feel this, I feel that. How do you do you address weight or how do you how do you address that? Yeah. So I think that the first question I ask is like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel in your life? Are you happy? Are you unhappy? Are there other things that are going on that contribute to this? Because obviously when you're a teenager, there's a ton of things that are going on that are contributing to this, especially now. Like, I'm so grateful and I'm sure you are too that we grew up when we did and that social media was just not a thing because I cannot imagine like bullying and dealing with that. But so many of the young women that reach out to me like really do deal with bullying on like a regular basis so when it comes to like them struggling with their weight um it's not a topic that I get a lot from them it's more just about like self-confidence which is definitely something that I feel like we can speak on together but if it is like a weight issue it's just like I kind of bring it back to my personal experience when I was losing weight and why I was doing it for me it was never about like I want to lose 70 pounds it was about like what can I do right now in my life that's gonna make me happier and for me like to be happier I knew like all right like I like banana chocolate chip ice cream but like eating it every day actually isn't making me happy at all it's making me feel really awful about myself and like identifying the small things that I could change like one of the the young girls that reached out to me she was telling me that she was so worried about what other people would think about her auditioning for the cross or going out for the cross country team that she wasn't doing it and she realized like maybe I should just like give it a whirl this year and I was just like oh my god like my heart for you like I'm so I'm just so honored that like what I have been through and me being authentic and me being open with you about what I've been through I'll by none of it being perfect whatsoever like that my true story can help you just get through anything god am I lucky to have that opportunity yeah yeah so I mean when it comes to like weight and young girls like there's never probably like a right way to tackle it I weight cycled my entire adolescence there were times when I was 16 and thin and teaching like hip-hop dance at a summer camp and then there's like me at 18 and I remember like a photo of me in a mini golf course and like a size 18 jean from American Eagle when like they once made a size 18 so (laughs) I like I've been all over the place and there's no like easy way to talk to young women about weight loss but I think the best way and the most responsible way we can do it let's talk about how you feel and like what are some actionable like smart things that you can do that are safe and help and can make you feel better Hmm. like I think that's really important (sighs) thanks for coming to my TED talk (laughs) um okay so we're winding down here people come to your Instagram page all the time and they see you living this like fabulous life but when you look in the mirror now after everything that you've been through like what is it that you see looking back at you I see someone who's really happy I do 
beyond just this like feeling of happiness. Do you feel confident? Do you feel secure? Where are you at with that? Yeah, I think I feel I, there. Sure, there are things I feel insecure about every day, but uh, it's not my body. Yeah. And that's like a different plane to be on. When it comes to the next few months, the next year, like what are the big things that are coming down the pipe for you oh that, you'll, that you'll let us into? I don't know. I have <laughs> I've got a couple more collections coming out with Stitch Fix and they're really effing cute casual um <laughs> talk to me about that what's going oh, on with stitch fix uh i have a line with stitch fix we did we just released the fall line and um we did something really cool this past summer and i don't know they're just they're clothes that i want to wear that i can't really find still so like i made like red riding pants um and that's something that i i love but like they don't make those really in my size so i i love working with stitch fix and then mega babe's got new products coming out Summer 2020, we are just we're we're gonna spend money on marketing, which is the first which we've never done before. So <laughs> that's exciting, and I don't know, everything's exciting. I gotta make a 2020 plan. It sounds like let's do it, man. Yeah, I'm in. We're gonna storyboard for that when we're done after we talk <laughs> about my dating life. What would you say is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's struggling to accept themselves as the size that they are? I would say so accepting the size that you are, I think it's like looking at your whole journey as like a as like a whole thing. So are you always just up and down 10 pounds and you're you are always struggling to get that 10 pounds off? Let's just settle into the 10 pounds and forget that. Forget it. Let's live life. And just like nothing better happens to you when the 10 pounds are gone. Right. Like you don't get the job like yeah. that you like you, that you want or like the, you, the guy doesn't show up because you're 10 pounds thinner. These are just like this imaginary weight struggle. And once you release that, you have so much more brain space to focus on things that make you happy. I also have to ask you because I feel like it's a really important conversation now in this era of body positivity is also the conversation of like being healthy and being body positive. I'm writing an essay for a website about this for January and I think obviously there is a difference between like being healthy and being of a certain size and being unhealthy and like being okay with it. I'm sure that's something that people probably come to you with. I I think it's interesting because health, we look at health and we apply health to thin people only, right? We say you look at a, you look at a girl who is a size zero and doesn't eat food and smokes and you're like, wow, she's thriving. So it's, we have a really preconceived notion of what health is myself right now. Like, I know that I'm not as healthy healthy as I could be. And that's not like, I don't look at the number on the scale and think that, even though sure, you could take an indicator from that. But it's more like, I know I'm not working out. I know I'm like not eating my like all the greens I can't. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm not in that zone. Yeah. And that is that is a different conversation to me than... I need to be in this jean size. I'm not comfortable on the beach. I'm going to the beach later this week. And guess what? I'm going to feel fucking great in my swimsuit at the current size I am today. Does that mean I can't like tune up my health? Yeah. No, I need to tune up my health. Yeah. I hear you. And that's for that's that's not for jean size. That's for like life. We're in an era right now where everyone is open to more so than maybe ever before. Like accepting and like seeing and like getting used to seeing bodies of all sizes and that's so wonderful but so many people are just so critical of this idea that like okay but like is she healthy at this size we don't fucking know we don't fucking know that's the thing like you don't know what she's doing and like I I feel like 
I when I when when articles about me go quote unquote viral, you their comments about me. I mean, you would think that like I have three eyes. People can't believe how big I am. And I'm like, what is this? People are insane. It's it's what we're used to seeing in the media. And as soon as anything varies from that, still, we are very critical, especially women, very critical to like judge that lady. But we don't know anything about her. And you mentioned the comments. So how have you managed to handle that as your social media following has exploded? So mean comments and trolls, they're not really on my page. Like it's they just don't come to my page. I have a 95 percent female following. Like I just am not. I'm not there for for dudes and like, I don't ladies who want to say bad stuff about me. They just don't. Um, when something goes on like a, a forum like Yahoo or um, the Daily Mail or something like that, that's when the comments come because you've got the strangers who don't know who you are. They're, they don't know. They don't like they're not with you on your journey. They're just like, who is this? And and. Based on that alone, the fact that like they can come and just like shit on this body positive self-acceptance, like love yourself message is says so much about them and and nothing about me. So I don't take I don't take that stuff personally. Last but certainly not least, you have an opportunity right now to offer the Katie who is post-divorce going through this like huge hurdle moment of like learning to love herself and embrace your body and like just feel good about who you are. You have an opportunity right now to give that Katie one piece of advice. What is it that you tell her? If I had to give my myself three, four years ago one piece of advice, it would be that Everything's going to pass. Everything is going to get better if you let it and you do the work and there's no way around it. You got to go through it, but it doesn't all have to be all bad, right? You can find like little pieces of joy every day um, in the small stuff and everything will move. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you. Please take a moment and leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Katie, where do they find you? Where do they keep up with Mega Babe? Give me all the deets, the dogs too. It's at Katie Storino on Instagram. You can follow at Megababe on Instagram, megababebeauty.com. The dogs are at Dog Meets World. Man. Everywhere. Everywhere. We're taking over. Yes. I am at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 